The phone conversation between fantasy veterans Bob Harris and Matt Waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players, units, or teams from Sunday's games. Feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player or situation, not the ability, effort, or character of the player. This is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover in a little time. Oh, Matt Waldman, here we are. Week 18 is over. The 2024 regular season is uh, is a wrap. A uh, big feel sigh. it or fuck it. Feel to- it or fuck it. Totally feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> I love football. Um, I can't get enough of it. I'll never be able to get away from it, which is fine, you know, but it's nice when the, se- the redraft season is over. For me, it's more redraft season's over. It's like school's right. out. School's out. Time to get yeah. Well, you've been getting videos going. By the way, I'm Bob Harris. He's Matt Waldman. Uh, football uh, guy. Football Bob, guy. Bob Harris. <laughs> there's, a, there's been a subtle shift in the, the landscape for me, Bob Harris. Um, on a serious note, uh, by uh, uh, you, you know, you've seen it out there, and we've talked about it. Uh, Emil Cadlick, uh, who I've worked with for 30 years, is uh, having to step aside due to health reasons, and I need another job. And so I'm going to go work with Matt Waldman at Football Guys. Uh, it's been a dream of mine my entire life to be <laughs> a, beside Matt Waldman somewhere other than in this string yard room and uh, and to uh, to co-mingle with him in more ways than I already do. You set the uh, bar low, my friend. You set the bar low. But no, maybe no, a limbo all, low. That's skill, too. In all seriousness, I've had connections to Football Guys going back to the yeah. beginnings of Football Guys, even before the beginning of Football Guys with Joe Bryant and, you know, back then David Dawes as well. So uh, this seemed like a natural fit when I started talking to Joe as my thing was winding down. Uh, it, it seemed pretty clear that the direction this would go. And now I'm looking forward to uh, uh, to having another place I can work another 30 years. I was watching uh, uh, some kind of thing because, like, I don't have as much work to do right now because uh, – the season's over. Diehards is not a sight, right? <laughs> and so I was watching this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing, and Willie Nelson is sitting there at 90 years old. Uh, man, this dude can still play. Every time I watch him play guitar, I remember how good he plays guitar. You know, you could talk about it like, I'm not going to sit here and put him in the Eddie Van Halen room, but the things he's doing are next level, right? The phrasing and the licks he's playing. And, you know, he plumb wore that guitar out 40 years ago because I saw him in 1980 and that hole was already there in that guitar. But watching him at 90, do, you know, ply his craft, I wanted a place where I could land. Uh, and and ply ply my trade until I'm 90, and this might be it. So uh, so happy to be here. Uh, we won't dwell on this. We will uh, we'll just do the good work and uh, yeah. Get to the coda, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, keep going. Seriously. No, I, th- that was pretty much it. Anyway, we're we're, we're going to kind of dissect some things coming out of Week 18 that we think are interesting, and and we'll give you a little uh, look forward look. And and uh, first and foremost, I think on everyone's mind this week is is uh, where are we out on playing our starters in week 18? Feel it or fuck it? Well, I mean, unless you're really going to get a shot at a number one seed, I'd say fuck it. I mean, it's... Sam Laporta would agree. Sam Laporta, A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, you know, a lot of guys. Gabriel Davis, you know. So there's, there's a lot of players with, you know, who are meaningful to teams who are now dealing with injuries that you wish they weren't dealing with, even if they weren't super serious. So no, I'm fuck that. I'd rather be healthy best? on the road than unhealthy on, at home. Like I'm wishing the best for Gabe Davis, but is it, is it does it make me a bad person to think? Well, at least there's one mistake I won't make when I'm setting lineups <laughs> in postseason tournaments. 
<laughs> I'm well as someone who seems to be known for bashing Gabe Davis. I say I'm feeling it though. He's he's a good football player. Right. He's a good he's a great wide football receiver. Player. And the, like so is Stephon Diggs. It yeah. just turns out that role isn't as consistent as we'd like it to be. It, he's you know shows all the upside. Clearly he could play. And uh, I just think for his fantasy manners, we get a little overly enthusiastic over those spiked performances. Yeah. And again, you but know, that's what he does by design. Right. That's, that's his, his game. game. Right. Yeah. Right. So don't draft him on one game. Draft him on the full body of work, and you'll be okay. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, Matt Waldman, back in the NFL. Feel it? Yeah, I'm feeling that. I mean, it's I inevitable. Think, you might as well. Yeah. Washington Commanders are in touch with him. I think that could be a fun Chargers. fit. Chargers. That could also be a fun fit. Um, especially when people start to look at Michigan and they go, oh, Michigan's offense is so bad. Why do you want to do that to Justin Herbert? You know, but I think that that's, you know, again, we're, we're kind of scouting off of oversimplifying the whole thing. But uh, Harbaugh, I think, you know, understands how to be an organized manager of the game. And that's the most important part of it. So, and he has those fun little quirks about him, but he, he, I think he's more of a player who can run a balanced um, or a coach who would run a balanced offense um, and want to have that in his arsenal. And I think he'll make do with the talents that he has. And in Washington, there's a lot of talent there on offense other than quarterback. If they can get the quarterback picture solved, they'll be in good shape. A fun little quirks. That's a that's a that's a kind assessment. I think some people would say. Um, <laughs> Bill Belichick has some fun little quirks. Uh, what about his self awareness uh, regarding general manager duties? I think it's great because you know Adam Harstead and I were talking about this on Thursday's um, Film and Theory show that Bill Belichick obviously is one of the greatest coaches of all time. Now my point is that this year was a really good way of underscoring that you don't have to be great at everything to still be one of the best of all time and that we've learned that without tom brady um he really doesn't have a superstar to carry or patch over the holes that he has created as the gm of this team and you know adam also brought up the fact that you know we got to remember how influential bill belichick was on offense back in the day i mean he First of all, if it weren't for his his offense early on, Tom Brady might not have developed the manner in which he did. Exactly. And on top of that, he then brought in the spread. You know, as Adam said, he imported the spread into the you know into the NFL and was one of the key figures in doing that, which also helped out a great deal. Now, is he an offensive innovator? Not at all. Um, does he have weak points as a GM? Absolutely. And I think he realizes that and probably is like. Maybe, you know, a lot of teams have copied what he's done over the years in the draft, and they haven't run the draft in the manner that they did early on that earned admiration from people all the time. Teams are copying that and kind of, you know, he's not ahead of the game anymore. And I think he realizes that, and probably to the point that maybe as he's getting older is like, I don't have to do everything. Let me just, you know, if you want to give me good groceries, I'll, I'll live with that and, and try and make right. the most of what I can do. We make a lot of assumptions about him based on zero information. <laughs> that five <laughs> minutes we see of press conferences where he's showing us exactly what he wants us to see and nothing more and probably less, yeah. <laughs> almost certainly less. And so I do think, you know, you get a little better flavor for him and there, you know, like I've read a book, Michael Hawley's uh, Patriot Reign, where he had two years of behind the scenes. And I mean, you saw the whole, exactly how it works. And I think it's fair to say, you know, yes, would he have those Super Bowls without Tom Brady? No. Would Tom Brady be Tom Brady without Bill Belichick? I think probably not. 
yeah. right? I mean, the, you know, the, the, it's, it was definitely a symbiotic relationship, the development, what drove Tom Brady to be a perfectionist. I mean, far, in some part was playing for in that environment that, that Bill Belichick created. So good luck for him on his next stop. I hope he realizes he's not the GM. I hope he gets a good quarterback. And I hope he's at a place where they can, you know, get winning because the Patriot way works way better when you're winning than when you're losing. Yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, I think we saw pretty easily, you, you know, we've talked about as a GM that that really when you, it doesn't work very well when you have your assistant coaches after the playoffs come in and override what your scouting department's right. doing. You want them working together, but the way he had them working, he's kind of having them work to cancel out what the scouts don't know as opposed to informing them on what they need to know before they get scouting. Does so, San Francisco need that same lesson? Um, San Francisco may need that lesson, but I think it's gotten resolved a little bit somewhere. Seems like I think there was a pissing match somewhere, and, and, there was. and I think Kyle Shanahan won that one. I believe he, I believe yeah. he did. Uh, so uh, let's move on. The, the Buffalo Bills, a hot topic as well they should be. Uh, Khalil Shakir, fantasy starter in 2024. I'm, I'm, I'd say I am... 65% feeling it. So, you know, the way I'd put it is, so therefore, yes, I'm feeling it. I'm going to go for it there with him. He's a good player. I, Gabriel Davis will be gone. I think he provides more than Davis does as a consistent force who can be used in the intermediate range of the field and used in a manner that can get yards after the catch. He kind of gives you a blend of what Davis offers at the catch point when you know, as a deep threat or, but gives you more contested catchability and better skill after the catch. It's just a matter of this team finally trusting Shakir to be all that he can be. And I think next year is a good bet to, that it's going to happen. Yeah. He looks like, you know, eyeball test wise, he looks like my only question there is the role, which I wonder if he doesn't split that with Dalton Kincaid is Dalton Kincaid, a top five tight end in 2024. Yeah. I mean, I think that when we look at this, there's enough room in this offense to have three guys who can be, you know, top tier starters, meaning top 15, top 20 pr producers. And I think that Kincaid, we're seeing over the past few weeks, Kincaid getting more intermediate targets, getting intermediate yeah. gains of 20 to 40 yards, which it seemed like Buffalo steadfastly refused to throw him a ball more than 10 yards down the field for the first half of the season. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Dalton Kincaid challenges Sam Laporta um, for the production lead among <clears throat> second-year tight ends. Yeah, there are going to be people who tell you, as long as Dawson Knox is there, I'm not playing Dalton Kincaid. It's a, you're boiling a multivariable equation down to a single variable, people, and it's not the right variable. I mean, it is part of the equation, but I don't think it's the whole equation. It's not like... Oh, it's Dalton Knox. If Dalton Knox, then no, no. Uh, if if no Dawson Knox, then Dalton Kincaid, or vice versa. I don't think it's. Yeah. I don't think that's the conversation we should be having. James Cook. Uh, I want to say he finished top ten in total fantasy points at his position. Not as good, but down about 15, 14, 15 in points per game. Is he a top twelve running back value in twenty twenty four? I think he's. I think he's got a real shot to do it. I mean, the fact that Buffalo. They, this is a good example of what they did last year. They started Cook slow. I mean, you know, from, I remember looking at him pre-draft and saying, okay, if he, if he gets into the right offense, he could be a, a really good fantasy starter. Buffalo looked like that team. Then they played him week one and then just basically just put a governor on him, you know, as a rookie. 
But this year, they really let him loose. And I thought it was going to be more the same with Damian Harris. And then they flirted with Leonard Fournette, like at midseason, adding him into the mix. And I thought for sure, or Zach Moss playing as well as he was, maybe, you know, maybe this was going to be one of those scenarios. But they've given it to, to Cook. He's performed really well. He looks like the back that that was so promising at Georgia. Yeah, I think top 12 value. He could be the ne the next iteration of Austin Eckler, I think. Yeah, he, he has definitely flashed that. And, and if he continues the same role that we saw, the, some of this may hinge on Joe Brady's return, which yeah. I think probably seems like we're heading in that direction. As, as we sit right now, uh, they seem to have rebuilt some momentum <laughs> under his guidance. So, so, yeah, I think that's part of it as well. And we'll, next question is going to be dependent. There is a new coach. Uh, in Atlanta. We don't know who it is. We know it will not be Arthur uh, Smith, and uh, good luck to him and his future endeavors. Uh, Drake London, does he deliver top 15 wide receiver value in 2024? Do you feel that? I'm feeling that possibility. I think right. that you, you have to understand. Arthur's going to get him cheaper, know, first of all. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're You're going to get him cheaper, but also, but I don't know how much cheaper, because I think every fantasy analyst is going to be topping um, Atlanta, you're gonna. I can hear Matt Harmon right now doing the. Come on, guys! I know, I know, I know. We tout these Falcons, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London every year, but just trust me this year. This year, I know, and this is the last year I'm gonna do it. You know, I could see, I could see that kind of wink and a nod from Matt doing that. You know, with his audience. But I think that, I think the point is, is that we know why Arthur Smith got fired, and it was. It was the the real reason is probably his irascibility with the media um, and losing games, you know, yes. and uh, as a combination. And the, part of that irascibility was because he was losing games and the media was able to identify you're not using B. John Robinson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts in the manner that their talent really is worth. And I think that, and part of that has to do with they didn't have a quarterback worth it worth a damn you know but i think they're going to get the quarterback and they're going to make sure that though that trio is on the field for their quarterback just not to take this off the rails but do you feel like somewhere inside arthur smith there's a kevin stefanski waiting to find a quarterback that can execute his offense in a way that he that like lets him do what he wants to do absolutely but the difference is is that kevin stefanski patiently waded through and worked his way through baker mayfield deshaun watson a bunch of other guys and then finally was able to get and also know, had luck out with Flacco and had right. Nick Chubb, you know, and a good defense. You yeah. know, Atlanta has the defense now, but they, they yeah, still John. Yeah. didn't figure that out. Uh, so okay, both those guys. Drake London top fifteen, B. John Robinson run into the ground next year. <laughs> yes. Feel it? <laughs> yes. Totally feeling with a dash of with a dash of Tyler Algier, because Algier sure. plays really well when yeah. in the in the system that they put him in. All right, so, uh, so yes, Atlanta, get a coach and a quarterback, please. Justin Fields, He's, watch out. Hey, that's right. He's just, you know, the, the billboards are out here, uh, up here in North Georgia. I'll just tell you that. They got, they're not, they're not begging him to come, but wherever, who, whatever shoe company he's sponsored by, he's up there on a regular basis. This, the, the Georgia boy wants to come back home, I'm sure. All right, Dallas Cowboys playing quite well. Tony Pollard, not 
playing as well as we had expected. So let's uh, let's do it like this. Rico Dowdle, Deuce Vaughn, the starting rotation for the Cowboys in 2024. Feel it or fuck it? I'd say on the surface, I'll say fuck it, but I'll be adding both of those After guys that. on my... Um, <laughs> I'll be adding those guys onto my, my expanded offseason rosters just in case they don't draft anybody significant or sign a significant free agent. How about how about how about Derrick Henry and Rico Dowdle? I could I, I could do I could do that. I I would definitely like that. I would prefer Derrick Henry in Baltimore, but yeah, but but yes, Dallas could be a good place for him too. I All like right, that. so so let's carry this over. Uh Tony Pollard career rebound in 2024. I think there's a shot for that cuz I think what happened this year is that he was not you know, as um, Brandon Angelo, podcast partner on every other Wednesday on Going Deep, is he stated really well, and he is a performance specialist who works with pro athletes, and he was a running back himself at at Purdue. So he'll tell you there's being healthy enough to play, and that's and that's what most guys are is they get healthy enough to play, but not healthy enough to play at the level that they were drafted to be. Um, and Tony Pollard had two difficult injuries and wasn't looking like the player he was. So if he if he didn't do too much damage to himself playing healthy, but not really Tony Pollard healthy, then I think he has a shot to rebound. But it's a I I would say that there's still a good 30 40 percent possibility here that we not, we don't see the same Tony Pollard we saw before. But I'd take the chance because the price is going to drop. Right. I think, you know, you can think back to, like, even former Cowboys. DeMarco Murray uh, went to Philadelphia, had kind of a not as great a year, but then went on to Tennessee and had one more huge year. I mean, I think the I think Tony Pollard, that those possibilities are within him uh, for sure if he gets to the right spot, and that's going to be the key for me, where he lands and how they use him because the way he was used by Mike McCarthy wasn't necessarily – it just reminds me of going back to last year, how the Cowboys viewed him as an asset that was best used in limited doses, and it worked really well. He, uh, they he could play ahead. the J.K. Dobbins role for in the Ravens right. as well. He'd be there. You they go. could so just keep like Gus. That. Yeah, yeah, something like that where they where he's allowed to you know get where they get him in space and let him use his speed to his advantage, which they definitely did not do this year, and the metrics bear that out, according to my friend Michael Gelkin at the Dallas Morning News. Uh, so Michael Wilson is a player. I was pretty keen on uh, heading in. I thought, wow, you know, the, again, my old Sesame Street theory of one of these things is not like the other. And he was a different piece in Arizona that looked like there was room for him. I think that turned out to be the case, but also, you know, rookie issues and maybe uh, health issues kept him from uh, meeting, you know, rising above that. Uh, what can he do next year? Is he a top 24 of value? Is that possible? It's possible if he can stay healthy the entire year, which has been a problem for him at Stanford. So he's got to figure out how to stay on the field. If And that's kind of the big nebulous like black box that we don't know how that's going to go. But if, you know, he's worth, he's certainly worth the price to find out. He's a really a good route runner. As I've talked about, he was a Michael Thomas, uh, aspiring type of Michael Thomas style of player and I think we saw shades of that this year nearly yep. nearly put up 100 in the finale depends who the quarterback is are they keeping game. Kyler are they, they are not? keeping Kyler then then we got a shot that Michael Wilson right. will have a full off season <clears throat> with his quarterback and learn the ins and outs of of the you know 
Captain Scrambler over there. Who can, I want to I I use there. this opportunity to go back to something we had, you know, I know I I kind of uh, mocked uh, Jonathan Gannon at one point earlier this year when that video came out, and, and, and it was. It was painful to watch in the circumstances, but it's a reminder that everything is an evolution, people. Where you start is not where you finish. Jonathan Gannon had that team playing hard. I mean, harder than I would have expected early on when they weren't good, right? I mean, yeah. the defense was still playing hard even though they were outmanned. And I think as we went came down the stretch, we saw that they've instilled some kind of culture there that wasn't previously there. So uh, kudos to Gannon. And I, th I, th I think we're also seeing the other side of that coin in Philadelphia where you lose a couple high-end coordinators. It's not necessarily going to work out well for you. Those guys aren't as easily replaced. They aren't a fungible commodity. The next piece doesn't just jump in and get the same results. So uh, teams might want to remember that when they're doling out the paychecks at the coordinator positions. And look, you're not going to stop someone from with a head coaching opportunity from taking that. Uh, but just, you know, remember like someone is going to pay Ben Johnson what he wants in Detroit. Uh, and we're going to want to be mindful of that as fantasy managers. Anyway, I digressed more Arizona talk. Michael Carter eats into James Conner's workload in 2024. James Conner is under contract for one more year. It's not like an overly, I mean, they can afford to move on from him if they want to. I think he's kind of emerged as a, as a strong leader in, for this team and a, a, a guy that kind of exemplifies, I think, what Jonathan Gannon would like. But but Michael Carter is a pretty damn good back uh, that hasn't really gotten the opportunities we like. What do you think? Yeah, I think he eats into him a little bit, um, but not as much as not as much as maybe some people would think. I mean, James Conner, three years ago, people were like, James Conner's toast. Get him yep. out of Pittsburgh. Um, not Bob Harris. Bob Harris know, did say that. No, no, no. Bob Harris didn't say that. But Drafted that dude. But I did too. You know, I loved him. But uh, but you know, a couple of Steelers fans I know who uh, <laughs> on a show, you know, that who's been frequent guests of yours, um, certainly were kind of iffy on Connor. But you know, we'll put their their yinzerisms aside here for a minute and just say that it's understandable. He he was getting to. It's going to be a second contract. You want to pay a second contract to him when your run game's struggling, your quarterback is arm weary, and you need to rebuild at different spots. You probably don't want to spend the money on James Conner. But that doesn't mean he was bad. He was just in a bad situation, both based on the finances of the running back position entering the second contract and based on the surrounding talent that they had. Now that he's been in Arizona, what, for three years? Yep. No, he's been he's been strong for most of those three years with some injuries, but nothing sure. devastating. Sure. He's a fine player, and you can see everything on display with him. But Carter was kind of also let out of a purgatory, and I think that you're going to see a little bit more of a split than what we saw this year with Connor and who whoever they threw <laughs> up there to see if it stuck to Amari right. Amari DiMarcado. So I think. Carter is definitely going to be in their plans, and he might even have fantasy value with a healthy James Conner. I think there's a shot at that. Yeah, I remember, you know, in college, he shared with a guy named Javante Williams, and they were both, I think, were they both 1,000-yard rushers? They were. And, North Carolina? Yeah, and, and Carter has not been, his receiving kind of skills and route skills have not been leveraged at the level that they should be. Yeah, all right, then. Austin Eckler. He's been a good receiving asset. He's been a good explosive play guy. He's not been good this year. Do we see a rebound coming in 2024? I think there's a possibility um, for that to happen, but it's I'm not sure I want to invest in it. 
Um, I'll just put it that way. Well, it depends I'm, on I'm, the price, right? Yeah, it does. It just depends on what the price. I think teams is might feel the same, though. Yes. <laughs> so where does he wind up? What you know? What does? What what's his ADP going to be? But I'm a little concerned about his rebound um, because I know you know we see him we see him on Harmon's show you know doing a, doing a great job with Is that Harmon's show or his show or his show with Harmon. <laughs> That's right. His show with I know this. He knows he he knows that his time is is inevitable oh, sure. at some point, he's, and he's talked he's about that. He's, he's a sharp, sharp dude. He's a smart dude. Yeah. So I think that he may be a little closer to the end than we than we yeah. may realize. Also, that Matt Harm is pretty smart too. Yeah, he's Don't pretty let good. Let it go to his head. Uh, Lamichael P. Ryan is he worth adding to expanded dynasty rosters? No, fuck that. Um, <laughs> he is a. Uh, I've gone a bridge too far. He is yes. <laughs> he is he is the perfect example of good enough to be on a team for as a running back in every category, but not quite good enough to really be a starter this is the time of year where he will shine this is um middle of the year and the playoffs is not the time of year where you're going to want to use him if he does come available yeah i, I think that's a fair assessment there's one that might be a little more intriguing here one dale robinson is he maturing into a viable fantasy football target well, I mean, not having anybody in a passing game in New York can probably make you look really good. Um, but I would say he, he certainly has value as an after-the-catch player. He does some contested catch work pretty well. He has that speed you're looking for. So he can be a piece of the puzzle, and if they can get a good enough quarterback who can support three to four options, Wondell Robinson could be one of them. And he has a good shot to be probably the number two or number three most productive option in that offense, depending on the changes that are coming. I think that is a reasonable assessment. We'll see what happens to quarterback there. I think yeah. Daniel Jones. Are we feeling Daniel Jones? Um, have I ever Come felt on. Danny Dimes? I've never... I've never felt Danny Dimes. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you an opportunity to step in the trap because he's going to snap it on you, Waldman. One Danny of the, Dimes is one of with these the days mentions. when we are both in an, we're both in a in a when we're both convalescent and... <laughs> home and we're playing okay. flag football. That's when it's going to happen. Uh, Zamir White, uh, does he outproduce Josh Jacobs in 2024 for the Las Vegas Raiders or? not yeah well i mean i think that you know jacobs is another good candidate for the dallas cowboys he'd right. be a great can he'd be a great candidate for the ravens or the cowboys he when you think about henry jacobs and maybe even eckler you're getting that possibility of the next james Conner. right so we've got to be open to that. To me, the best option to be the next James Conner is easily Josh Jacobs. For sure. Yeah. So it's still young, still yeah. vibrant, uh, has all the things. I guess the question is: is so are, are we? Let, let's base this question on Josh Jacobs is elsewhere, and Zamir White. So they're both lead backs. Who's yeah. the better back? I'm going to still say Josh Jacobs, um, especially with the teams he should be on, um, but. But I'll say Zamir White will be a running back too in fantasy football next year if things if they they keep Antonio Pierce and keep things right. stable. Josh Jacobs will be a running back one, maybe a top five running back. <clears throat> totally agree with all of that. Ronnie Bell from San Francisco is he were named to remember in twenty twenty four? I think so, but maybe uh. more due to injury than than <laughs> than actual. He's going to be a starter, but he's going to have a big preseason next year like he did last year 
and it's gonna and this will be the second year in a row people are going to be drafting him late um and if it works out due to an injury to say Ayuk or samuel there, he may get that's... his shot but that's it right i mean you got christian mccaffrey a thousand plus yards from scrimmage kittle. 2, yards to kittle a thousand yards Ayuk a thousand yards Debo a thousand yards Ronnie Bell, something less. Something yeah, this isn't an Oprah talk show giving away 1,000 yards, right, right. So, even though it right. sounds that way. So we all had expectations, I think, going into this week's game that Jordan Mason was going to handle the lead role. Elijah Mitchell would play a secondary role. That was based on a report early in the week by Matt Barrows at The Athletic. I think it was also based on the fact that at the time, Elijah Mitchell was not practicing. Turns out he was perfectly fine and got more of the workload. Uh, who's the guy next year? Uh, or maybe down the stretch in the playoffs this year if McCaffrey falters. I'm still leaning towards Jordan Mason, even though Elijah Mitchell probably got more of the love, um, mainly just because I think Mason's a little bit more versatile and he stays healthy and he runs, he, he stays healthy running to with that physical style. Um, but, you know, Mitchell, also Mitchell will cost a little more, so I'd rather spend the money on Mason. I would I would agree with you there as well. Uh, Mother Tucker Craft over Luke Musgrave <laughs> in Green Bay. Who you got, Matt Waldman? Oh, Mother Tucker. We got to go there. I think, I think, again, it's more of a price thing than anything else. Luke Musgrave has the speed. People love that, that athletic ability. Craft's a little more rugged. Uh, he, he makes more plays in the middle of the field and in the shallow ranges and the flats where and a and maybe a little better blocker at certain in certain th things that the packers do so i think crafts just a little more cost efficient dontavian wicks has turned some heads with his play and um, by turning some heads i mean i see him um turned mine for sure um, great performer down the stretch and when opportunities arisen without christian mccaffrey on the field he's answered the call uh so does he overtake one of the big three in the packers wide receiver rotation we're going to call that Jaden reed christian watson and uh and and uh and romeo, Ro romeo doves yeah it's see you romeo yeah it could be i think so <laughs> i think it could be see you romeo um and romeo i know got a lot of love the past couple of years and he's good but i think he's a little less uh, multi-dimensional than what like wicks can give you wicks can give you the catch point toughness he's he's rugged after the catch he's not as fast but with watson and um reed you've got the speed now you want the reliable possession guy a little more antonio freeman type of player you know way back in the day and drew lieberman you know who who certainly i would say is unofficially the mentor i had in helping me improve my wide receiver game um in over the past seven to eight years in terms of scouting he coached he coaches dontavian wicks um and he told me he told me last about this time last year he was like i think this guy can be a this guy can actually be a starter one day he's gonna surprise people in camps um and he coaches enough people that he's not like agents who are contacting me and going hey interview my guy hey my guy's gonna be really good and and i'm you know that kind of thing he's he's for real and in, in terms of what he does so wix is i wouldn't be surprised if wix develops an even greater consistency and offers a dimension that maybe bumps romeo dubs to a role that isn't quite as um 
enticing for fantasy people. Or Christian Watson, if he cannot figure yeah. out the availability side of the equation, and that's something that they're going to be working on. They've talked about it openly. Again, just a reminder of what the Packers were talking about in June, Brian Gutenkunst, the GM, uh, discussing how they were all in on this group. They didn't want to bring in a big-name wide receiver in free agency because they had a young, talented cast. They wanted them to grow together with their young, talented quarterback. I feel like the Packers as an organization might be semi on top of things here. I mean, it's easy yeah. to tear people down and slog them. They love, they couldn't figure it out with Aaron Rodgers. And I mean, maybe I don't know. no I one look, can figure it out with Aaron Rodgers. And I, I'm not one to usually bash guys just for their personality, right. but he he, he might, might be yeah. hard to get along with, or he might yeah. he, he might just be hard to get along with when he's not happy. I mean, if it's yeah. not going exactly his way, because for a long time there it did go his way, and he seemed perfectly fine. So. So yeah, I think there, there's a lot of a lot of interesting growth coming uh, in that Green Bay offense, and I I'll go, go ahead and just say you know as uh, as we're in the uh, Black Monday portion of the coaching affairs that like teams that land a good coach, uh, man, what the advantage is there when you watch Matt Lafleur and especially his ability as a play caller, literally, I mean, just you know, for me, him, he's more noticeable than others because I don't I watch the games, you know, at laser speed and trying to keep up. As I watch games more slowly, I just see him set. Even when I'm watching fast, I can see him setting up defenses a little more than some other coaches. So I'm uh, just interested to see where they take it with this group of players, and uh, and uh, we'll see where we take it going forward, Matt Waldman. We've had enough feeling and fucking today, I believe. No, no, we haven't. I got one oh, more no. thing, so oh, no. I'm going to surprise Bob Harris exactly. You see behind Bob Harris's right shoulder a bunch of magazines back there. Um you know, those magazines have helped launch the careers of a lot of fantasy football analysts, you know. Um, and, you know, I just want to say, I don't know what the future is of those things, but, and I know, and I don't know if the future will be with Bob Harris as the editor of those magazines, but I just want to thank you personally for, on behalf of a lot of people in this space who got their first real shot to do national level work because of you and Emil and, 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 and the team there. And I know that was a big deal for me. I've, I'm very proud to say that I got to contribute to those magazines for 20 years. And, you know, I, I know what it's like to edit a publication. <laughs> you edit like four or five of them <laughs> in, a month. in a month, you know, and that's, a, which that's, means not really editing at all. No, <laughs> no, you do. You, you've done stellar work. That's why they've been around for as long as they have without you know and so just on behalf of everybody out there whether it was you know gary davenport or matt Harmon or liz loza or myself um you know and dozens of other mike clay dozens of other people out there you know we appreciate the work that you've put in here with with them and that they will be remembered fondly when whatever and whatever iteration that they're in we'll wish them the best of luck with that moving forward but uh about job well done, Bob. We love well, you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, it's been uh, it's been a great pleasure, and uh, couldn't have been a better uh, first thirty years. Let's uh, let's see where the next thirty go. That's right. See you. Love you. Bye. Bye.